0: So a listener asked, how can I survive when no one is willing to pay for what I do? Now, if you believe no one in your target audience is willing or has the ability to pay, that will be absolutely true. But if you really believe what you offer has value, your customers will magically find the money. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. You know, I'm often asked, who is our target audience? Who is drawn to the 48 Days community? Podcasts, books, and so on. You know, what are the ages? What are the income brackets? What's the gender? What are the ethnicity backgrounds? You know what? Those things are not important. We have people in our 40 Days community who are 18 years old and people who are 88 years old. Male and female are split almost exactly 50-50. We have people from Ethiopia, People from Bangladesh, people from Mexico, Canada, United States, and countries all around the world. You know what the common factor is? Mindset. It's people who believe they can grow, they can change, they can find more opportunities, they can see opportunities when other people see nothing. I mean, right now, a lot of people just feel like they're trapped, and it's easy then to blame it's easy to blame the government, the White House, the politicians locally, your church, whatever the weather, it's easy to blame. And you see people who do, and you know, they don't feel like they have the control that you and I do. I know that you're, you're a listener, 40 Days Podcast, you believe you're in the driver's seat of your own life. You can make decisions. You can open doors of opportunity that other people don't think exist. Hey, that's what we're here to talk about. So some of the questions we're going to be looking at today, day 47 is in the 48 days schedule is to take a millionaire to lunch. Why would a millionaire say yes to me? And what would I talk about? All right, that's one. Somebody says, Dan, I have several ideas for businesses, but I keep bouncing between them, not being able to focus on just one at a time. Another one, I'm homebound and disabled, but my mind is fine and I want to continue to have a job. How can I get back into sales with these limitations? And then another one, we will going to tie it together. How can I make money with my marriage counseling when nobody in my community believes in paying for anything? Okay, so there's a setup. We'll go take some rabbit trails of some of those, I'm sure. Quotation for today comes from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You've heard me say that before. We come back to that frequently. Again, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Our resource for today is a brand new product that we've got. It's a journal for the podcast where it gives you 48 weeks of journaling, reflection, prompts, action steps as a companion to listen to the podcast. Now, this is pretty cool, and I'll tell you how this originated. I had nothing to do with it at all. We had this earlier this year, five months where I had on a Friday food for thought with Dan. We had people that there was no cost to it, to attend. We had them here in Florida that had in Dallas and Orlando, different places, but five of those and people would put in an application that I made a selection we chose 12 people for each of those each of those 5 lunches and we had great conversations but one lady her name is Faye Rook showed up with this journal already created now we worked with her a little bit you made a beautiful beautiful cover for it and now it's available now it's totally hers i mean if you go to the well if you go to 48days.com/journal It'll take you right to the link there. You'll see it on our site, but then you go to purchase it. It's right through Amazon. That is totally phased. That's the way we like to work with people. Come to us with a good idea. Yeah, use our name. Whatever. We want you to thrive and prosper as a result of that. So that's the setup, but it's a podcast journal. I've got one right here in my hand. It's beautifully done all the way through. We're grateful to Faye for the work that she did on that. I hope you enjoy it as well. Again, just go to 48days.com/slash journal. Hey, I just want to remind you that as of when you're listening to this, well, it's going to be varied a little bit depending on when you listen to it. But if you listen to it on Friday when it's released, we now have 25 days until November 14th. And you know why I think that's significant? Because November 14th is 48 days before the start of the new year, 2023. And I want you to have your goals all laid out. So you know what you want to accomplish in seven different areas of your life by November 14th. So we're going to do the countdown. We're going to continue to do the countdown. As we get to that point, I certainly will have mine laid out. Now, that doesn't mean it's written concrete. Things will change. You can do that as well. My goodness. I mean, I don't hit all of my goals, but it gives me a starting point at the beginning of the year that always jazzes me, excites me, gives me those points that are going to, you know, inspire me to keep moving forward. Okay. Let's go to some questions here in lesson. Well, in the, 48 day schedule, I have something to do every day for 48 days, leading you right through making a transition in the next season of your life. No matter what you want that to look like, it just walks you through that day 47 is take a millionaire to lunch today. Now This is where more people get stuck than on any other of the 48 days task. Take a millionaire to lunch. How could I do that? Well, you'd be surprised at how available that person is. I'm sure you know somebody. I mean, frankly, being a millionaire these days is not that uncommon. There's lots of them walking around, but I'm sure you know some. But share that you're on a new path and you would really appreciate their advice. Now some people might be telling you you can't do what you want to do. I mean we all know that experience. Gee your uncle Harry says there's no way in the world you could do that. You know because he doesn't understand the technology, doesn't understand your passion, your talents, whatever. You know what a millionaire's going to do? A millionaire's going to encourage you to reach for your dreams. I mean you could show up in Nashville, Tennessee and say I want to be a a famous country music singer, you're going to have a whole lot of people say, what are you, nuts? You know, you can't do that. It's never going to happen. Well, you talk to, Gal, you talk to Luke Bryan, you, know, you talk to Taylor Swift, you talk to Carrie Underwood. They are going to tell you that. They're going to say, well, sure, let me share with you how I did it. That's what millionaires are going to do. Now, one of the hallmark characteristics of successful people is that they spend time with those people already performing at high levels. So ask a millionaire to lunch. Now, it doesn't matter if you're on a 40-day schedule or not. I encourage you to do that. And that's something I started doing when I was very young. I would find very successful people and invite them to lunch just so I could pick their brain and found them to be extremely available and willing to share with younger people. There's a program that I'm involved with. It's, out of, it's called the Midland Institute out of Effingham, Illinois, And the program that they institute in high schools is called CEO Program, Creating Entrepreneurial Opportunities. And they're in about 300, 330 schools at this point. Wonderful, wonderful program. And the way it works is every student who's enrolled in that program is matched with a mentor. These are business people who willingly give their time, their resources to pour into these high school students and teach them that 's what people who are very successful do now remember you're you're not begging no you're you're just beginning to move into a new season of life and you want to explore how to do that more quickly than just going through the school of hard knocks that 's what you do when you ask a millionaire to lunch now be sure to pick up the tab don't ask somebody to lunch and then stiff them with a the bill that's going to end. <laughs> tarnish your reputation with them immediately not that they can't afford it that's not the point but if you ask then you certainly pick up the tab go to some place i mean i've taken people to arby's to him right around the corner let's meet at arby's you know where the bill is going to be you know 10 bucks or whatever so it doesn't mean it's going to break your bank but um, just make sure that you do that now what kind of things would you ask somebody who's very successful already well let me give you some tips here. And we've got these listed, of course, in the 48 Days materials. And I'll put, this, I'll put this list in the show notes today. So depending on how you're listening to this, you may have to jump over to our 48 Days site to see it. But I'll have Sheila put the notes up there to list some of these questions. So things like, what do you know now that you wish you'd known when you were just starting? Did you use a detailed business plan? To what do you attribute your success? Do you have a problem specifically that you're trying to solve right now? What's the most important lesson you ever learned? What's the legacy you want to leave? Do you have any really important habit that's added to your success? What's exciting to you right now? Is there a dream you once had that you've still not completed? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Is there a motto or quotation that you live by? Now, there's plenty of other things there, but there's just kind of an example of The kind of things you would ask. I mean, I love to have people ask me those things. And you're going to find again receptivity to that. People light up as they kind of relive some of the things they've been to and share with you their wisdom. And again, they're going to share generously. So I hope that encourages you. And again, I challenge you to do that. Invite somebody who's very successful. Invite a millionaire to lunch just to go through that experience. Again, that old adage. You know, we become the average of the people we spend the most time with. So. You want to make sure that you're spending time who, with people who are performing at a level you want to perform at, not just whiners and complainers who happen to be around you where you work, if that's the case. All right. Dave says, my multiple ideas are messing with my ADHD. He says, Dan, I'm a longtime listener, but I have yet to become a long-term doer. That's interesting. Listening but not doing. Okay, that may resonate with some of the rest of you as well. Dave says, I have several ideas for businesses, but I find I keep bouncing between them, not being able to focus on just one at a time. I would love to pick just one to focus my time and energy on, but just as I start with one, I start thinking about one or two of the other ideas I have, losing focus on the first one I started to work on. I followed your advice, went through your recommendation, with the process to find three or four ideas that I believe match my personality, values, dreams, and passions. However, after finding those three or four ideas, I'm having trouble deciding on just one and sticking to it. I keep flip-flopping between them. While working on the one I've chosen, I start seeing ways I can really knock it out of the park with one of the other ideas, and I can't seem to stop thinking about it. So when I switch to that other idea, I see things I could and should be doing with one other of the ideas and so on. I'm simply having trouble on focusing on one at a time. While they are all things I have a talent for, have experience in and believe would be great fits for me, unfortunately, they're completely unrelated ideas and I don't believe they would fit in a Venn diagram. I'm a 48 Days Eagles member, but haven't been very active there either. I'll blame my ADHD for that as well, since everyone is blaming, blaming that and I don't want to feel left out. Great. Although, as a side note, I actually was in one of the original research groups for ADHD when I was a kid. Thanks for all you do, Dave. Well, Dave, wow. I mean, having a lot of ideas is awesome. I mean, what a great place to start. But that's exactly what it is, a starting place. That's not where you want to be six months from now. I mean, keep the ideas flowing. I mean, I, I have, a I use use a, an app that's called Notion, rather, where I can write every idea I have down. But I don't take action on every one of those ideas. I mean, I probably take action on one out of 10 of the ideas I have. But when I focus in, then I'm really intent on bringing that idea to life. And incidentally, I'm working on ideas today that I probably had as ideas 10, 15 years ago, but I didn't have the margin in my life or business to devote time to doing them then. Now, that's the way it is with ideas. I mean, it doesn't mean you discard it, never come back to it. You may come back to it at some previous time, but you can't be doing three, four different things at the same time. Confucius said, The man who chases two rabbits catches neither, which is often true. Now, you can have multiple ideas if they complement each other. You mentioned the Venn diagram. I mean, that's certainly what I do. And you say, unfortunately, the ideas you have are completely unrelated. And I don't believe they would fit in a Venn diagram. Yeah, I use a Venn diagram where I have three circles that overlap. So in looking at that, you recognize that you have seven different distinct areas. But It also implies, and in reality is true, that activity in any one area fuels activity in the ones that it connects to, so they're not unrelated. Now, at one point in my life, years ago, I had a health and fitness center, I had an auto accessories business, I was an adjunct professor at the university, and I find myself, you know, installing a cruise control on a brand new Honda and realizing that thirty minutes later I needed to be in a classroom, you know, teaching introductory psychology. So they were not related, and I thought I could do that, and I didn't do it well. It was, I, I realized that was not a model I wanted to follow. But today, I do have a lot of things. I would get bored doing just one thing, as I suspect you would as well, Dave, with ADHD. That doesn't mean you need to find one thing only, and you do the same thing eight hours a day, Monday through Friday. I certainly don't do that. So... I do love writing, so I spend a lot of time writing, a lot of time reading. I spend time, on on Wednesdays, I do nothing but my podcast in the morning and then interviews in the afternoon. But when I do a podcast, it initiates then speaking engagements, other product sales, attendance at our live events, requests for personal coaching, people wanting to come in our Eagles community. Or be part of my mastermind. I mean, those are all different things that I do. So I do a lot of different things. So my days are really varied, but they all head in the same direction. So take your three or four ideas, do enough research so you can rank them in order of your preference, which one really embraces your passion best, fits your personality best, offers the greatest return. And then start with that idea. And what I would encourage you to do is stick with that idea for one year without second guessing yourself or looking over your shoulder. Then and only then reconsider one of those other ideas that gives you the best chance for maximum success. But now, as I mentioned, when you start with that one idea, you'll get other ideas that embrace that one that you're doing. So if you're writing, you recognize, sure, I could develop a seminar to go with this. I could develop a workbook. I could develop a little 48-day devotional to go with it. You know, a lot of other things will pop up where you realize, okay, this is another idea, but it ties in. It jumps on the back of what I'm already doing as my primary focus. That way you can address, you can scratch your itch with ADHD and uh, have a lot of things going on, but they're all part of the same big picture. Great question. God, I got a little long-winded on that. All right, John says, I've become homebound and disabled this year due to a spinal cord injury. My mind is fine, fine, and I want to contribute with a job. My background is in sales. How can I get back into sales with these limitations? Wow, John, you can rock and roll with what you described. You're homebound, disabled with a spinal cord injury. All right, I don't care if you need to, you know, lay in bed for six hours a day or be in a recliner. If your mind is fine, fine, I keep saying fine. If your mind is fine and you want to contribute with the job and your background is in sales, you have so many opportunities sitting right in front of you. It's mind-blowing. But you can choose the two or three industries you personally enjoy most. You know, just because you're doing a job like this, we still wanted to embrace your passion, your talent, and an economic model that will reward you. Now, I did a quick search out there. Indeed.com is one of the sites that I would recommend. They show 47,638 virtual sales jobs available. That's what they show, just on a quick, that many virtual sales jobs. So it's not just jobs in general. It's not sales jobs where you have to show up. It's virtual sales job. Jump on there. Simply hired has a ton. I think they had like 27,000 something showing simply hired. Um, So I would recommend those two as the primary places that you go. Indeed.com and simply hired. Now there's a whole lot of others. And if you just put in as a search virtual sales jobs, you'll see what I saw and a whole lot more. Now most of these show income ranges in of 80000 to $170,000. A lot of these have a base salary of $100,000 or more. However, I want to talk about selling a little bit. Uh, again, I, I love your question and think you've got great opportunities here, John. I know you can do this, and I want to, you to report back in in 30 days about what it is you're doing and how it's going for you. But I love selling. As you know, I mean, selling is certainly the oldest and greatest profession. I guess when um guy kind of when Eve was getting Adam to take a bite out of the apple, there she was selling the idea and there he went. Got sold on that one. Well, with selling, you know, there's no ceiling on your income. And typically you'll have more flexibility and benefits than you could possibly hope for in any other position. Now I've never had a job with a guarantee. I've never had a job, you know, where I just got a paycheck on Friday. I've always just pursued ideas and loved The idea, the fact that there's no ceiling. Now, no guarantee, you know, if that scares you, you have to recognize that anytime there's a guarantee, there's a trade-off in terms of selling. If we just take sales as an example, if you're guaranteed a salary of $80,000, then I'm pretty confident it's going to have somewhat low ceiling of what the opportunity is. But the people who I know who are making... Three and $400,000 a year, they have no guarantee. They have no base salary. They're just simply compensated for what they produce. So if you want no ceiling at all, don't be too concerned about the guaranteed base if, in fact, you believe in the product and you believe in your ability to sell well. Now, you learn how to sell well. You're not just either born or not born a salesman. We hear that garbage sometimes. Nah, that's not true at all. Yesterday, in one of our classes for our Eagles Elite members. We were going through this process of selling and I reviewed again the process that we use and recommend that being forty percent of the process is developing rapport and trust with the person. If people don't trust you, they're not going to buy what you have, it doesn't matter what you have, it doesn't matter how cheap. You can have Rolex watches for ten bucks, they aren't going to buy if they don't trust you. So that's a big part. Thirty percent then is identifying the need. Do they, in fact, even need what you have as a product or service? 20% product presentation or product knowledge, and then 10% is what we call gaining commitment. That's where a transaction takes place. It's a very soft part. There's nobody manipulating or conning anything here. It's a very gentle transaction where you're helping them get what they want. Now, for this to make sense, you have to be comfortable with the idea of making money. If you think making money is evil, selling is never going to work for you. If you think that in order for you to increase your wealth, someone else has to become poor, selling is always going to be a struggle, and rightfully so. I mean, Getting rich is not done at the expense of others. It's done by helping other people thrive and prosper as well. I mean, selling really is... I open my mouth and tell you how... I can make your life better. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, money is a consequence of a mutually beneficial interaction with another human being. And I have a friend who recently said, when sales is done right, it's sharing love. It's helping people become more of who they want to be. So if you really believe in what it is you have to offer, that's the way you ought to see it. You're helping the person become more of who they want to be. Now, here's an example of what a call with me would look like. I mean, I love to sell and I, frankly, I I love to be sold too, as well, but I love to, to sell. So if I, if I'm going to be talking to somebody, let's say somebody responds to the podcast here. Okay. We're connected because you responded to a recent podcast where I talked about coaching and you said you've never engaged a coach before, but you said you aren't sure your current work is a fit for you. Is that correct? Okay. Now, the outcome of our call is to see if it's a fit for us to work together. If it seems like a fit, I'll give you some more details on what we can do next. If it's not a fit, that's okay, too. I mean, either way is fine. Does that sound like a win for you? So again, I'm going to include the person. This is not a one-to-way badgering at all. So then I'll continue. Again, if I'm responding to somebody. I'd like to ask you a few questions about your vision moving forward about where you are right now and what that gap looks like. I also want to talk about some of the challenges or opportunities you see in business and your life right now. From there, I'd like to give you some perspective based on what I hear. And if it seems like a really good fit, then I can share specifics on how I work with my clients. That's it. I mean, no surprises, no manipulation, no forcing, simply talking through the best options for both of us. That's what selling looks like. And some of you out there are intimidated by selling and saying you, you know, would never want to do that. Trust me, you're selling if you're doing anything. If you get a job at McDonald's or you're a greeter at Walmart, you sold yourself to get that position. So it's the same process. And if you shoot higher in terms of what you want to accomplish, process is really not that much different but if you learn to do it learn how to do it well it'll serve you over and over and over again now i had i want to wrap up here today i'm going to make this uh the final thing i kind of deal with because it relates to the same thing again that is on selling something that you think you want to do but people aren't willing to pay you for it kind of looted that in my opening today so we had a question come in from rachel in our eagles community And she asked, what are some good ways to monetize marriage coaching? She says, I'm asking for a pastor friend who started a ministry with her husband. They now don't want to add a fee for their counseling services. And so the question is, you know, they've tried doing seminars for a small fee, but many people don't sign up because they don't believe they should pay for a church event. This is within a community that is slow in appreciating counseling or coaching and doesn't believe in paying for anything. Goes on. Now, I responded there, but I want to respond here because it's a great example again. You have something you think has a value, but it may not be something that people are used to paying for. And you've already determined well, the people who need it most don't have the ability to pay. That's very, very common that I hear from people. Gee, I I want to do this, but the people who I really want to serve, you know, don't have the money to pay. Well, guess what? They do. Now, but here's the deal. Don't try to work out a way that they can get it for free, for one thing. Even if it's marriage counseling, well, you just stick with that as an example. If you try to work out a way that somebody else is going to pay for that, you're going to get the government to give you a fund for that. Or you're going to get the, the church to pay for it. Now, I don't even recommend that. You You short-circuit the value to the people receiving it if you do that. The benefit is enhanced so much if the people receiving the counseling are paying for it. So I, I'm just never a fan of outside funding for that. The key is to be able to communicate the value of what the couples will receive. And if you can communicate the value of what they're going to receive, they will come up with the money. I mean, we, we know that to be true. I mean, you see people living in, you know, living in the ghetto and they got the brand new iPhone 14. You know, they got a Gucci purse from the mall. You know, they go to the movie. If somebody wants something, people in our culture will come up with the money for something they really want. So the key is, how can this be something that they want, that they believe will have more value than the money they will exchange for it? I mean, that's the only issue. People will part with money 100% of the time if what they're going to receive, they perceive the value of that as having more value than the money they have in their hand. So that's your challenge, whatever it is that you're selling. So you need to communicate the value of what you have. What kind of a transformation is this going to lead to? How is this going to make their life easier, better, more fulfilling, whatever it is, the outcome that they're looking for. But if you think your target audience can't pay for what you have, you are going to be right every single time. We go right back to Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or think you're, you can't, you're right. That's how it goes. Hey, we're going to wrap it up with that. Hope it's encouraging to you. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And yes, if you want to sell, you can learn how to do that well. If you sell well, you'll bow the ceiling off any kind of income limit you thought was there. I've seen it done time and time again. If you don't want to sell, if you don't want to see yourself in that role, I mean, that's fine. Just provide good service. But even there, no matter what it is you're doing, you're selling yourself every day. If you got a job three years ago, you're selling yourself today when you open the door and walk in because the company still has the right to say, is this person giving us value for what we're paying them? That's the way it works. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. Again, send your questions in. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan. You'll see a way to do it there. You can leave audio question if you want to or write it out. Either way is fine. Again, 48days.com slash askdan. And you can leave your question there. So thanks for sending those in. Thanks for being open to growing, for being a powerful force, for making the world a better place. Again, share this episode more than anything else. I would be grateful if you would do that, just just to help somebody out that, you know, could really benefit from a share it with three of your friends. They'll thank you for it. You become known as a person who's known as a giver, somebody who is generous, believes in abundance. You're going to help that person succeed and they'll forever thank you, increase your credibility as a result of doing that. And you stay committed to your belief. And I know you already are. You wouldn't be listening here. To the fact that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.